due to circumstances beyond our control, unfortunately, we were unable to be here today. However, we do have a special rebroadcast in store for you. In this particular rebroadcast, we talk about how the future cannot be the past. Are we actually heading towards a future that is more prosperous? Are we actually heading for a future that is designed to give you more independence because you're supposedly, quote, saving the environment? We've seen the agendas that come out of places like the United Nations, the World Economic Forum, the European Union, the United States government, all the rest of it. We've seen these agendas. Now they're pushing people towards a carbon credit economy mixed in with social credit. Your carbon footprint will be how you'll be able to operate in the future. Is that the future you want? Is that the future you want to live under? In this rebroadcast, we talk about various things. We talk about how comedy has changed. We talk about the green energy and the infrastructure movements that they're trying to now pass. We talk about the entertainment side of things. We talk about tech and how this is affecting you. Is where we're going where we want to be? Or are we being pushed there on purpose? See, it's not a free market deciding things. It's a central command structure pushing it down on you saying, you will take this. They are holding a gun to our heads. It's for your own good. The next step in the push that they're making now is economical collapse. They want to be on top of the system when it comes crashing down. They are engineering the collapse on purpose. They're disrupting the supply lines. Have you seen the price of fuel if you're in the United States? Have you seen what the price is? Have you noticed what happens when you go to the grocery store? If you're in parts of Europe, you're now seeing it as well. Inflation in Germany is up 13% year on year end, according to a report that was out just the other day. Are you seeing the price increases that you were not seeing a few months ago? That is because the supply chain is now being disrupted. All of these supply ships, all of the cargo ships off of the east and west coast of the United States. China is in a real conundrum. They're in a real conundrum. When they shut down due to COVID and then they turned everything back on while the rest of the world stayed shut down, they thought that they could leapfrog the rest of the world by boasting 9 and 10% and 12% growth numbers. But they didn't. In fact, they broke their supply chain. Now they're in the middle of an energy crisis because they sanctioned Australian coal. On top of that, they've been hit with biblical flooding in China. Their harvest has failed. Now they're going to be looking at starvation of their people. When you have 1.3 billion starving people, what's a couple of thousand Chinese Communist Party members, inner circle party members? The Chinese people will turn on them. And so now they're eyeing up Taiwan. They're looking to get other people on their side to back them. They know that the U.S. is weak from the Afghanistan disaster, so everything in the South China Sea is stirring up. So again, is the future we're heading towards, is that a free future? Is that a future that, that you want? We're told that we have to get rid of petrol-powered vehicles, gas-powered vehicles, whatever you want to call it, whichever, whichever country you're listening from. The governments are now moving to make those illegal past the year 2025. You'll no longer be able to purchase them. Don't worry, we're going to give you this electric car because you're going to be saving the planet. Well, how's that going to work out for you? Before all of this even started, before the talk of, of this uh, Agenda 2030 and, and these, these electric cars, the United Kingdom already had a power grid that only produced less than 5% more of the electricity that they use. So if you have everyone driving electric cars, what's that going to do to the power grid? Common sense tells you that you don't have the infrastructure. On top of that, they're demolitioning old coal-fired plants. At the same time, they're saying that, oh, we need to use wood pellets in order to burn to be safer to the environment. In a recent study that's come out, that shows that that is more toxic to the environment. It has a bigger carbon footprint than burning actual coal. 
And this the other day. The UK is readying a new law mandating that home electric vehicle chargers be shut down during peak hours. So they're making, let me, let me get this straight, they're making petrol cars illegal to own. They're forcing you to take electric cars and then they're removing your ability to charge them. How is that building back better? You see, electric cars, windmills, solar panels, all, all these things, which solar panels, that's a whole nother story in and of itself. You can't even recycle those. How is that saving the environment? I haven't quite figured that one out yet. These are old technologies. This is all that the established order knows. The established order were the children of the people that ran and came out of the Second World War era. They took over that project. We're now dealing with them. There is no one to take their place after this is over. There's no one to carry this project forward. They don't have children, largely, most of them. Over 20 of the 27, 28 member states, however many there are of the European Union, over 20 of the leaders of the European Union have no children. They have no one to carry on their project. There's always been a Rockefeller or a Rothschild or, or a Gates or a Soros or a Schwab or, or somebody. There's always been someone in that line, in that family line, to take over the project of what their sick, disgusting ancestor did before them. There are no more. There is no one else to take over. So they're in this to the end. They will take this to the end. So the question is today, examining the aspects of comedy, entertainment, green energy, infrastructure, technology, we discuss why. These old technologies, th these don't work. They've proven to not work. We're at the end. We're long past the end, even with our, our innovations. We're, we're at the end of what those products can do. We can't do anymore with solar panels. We are at the end of what they are able to do. Even with newer technologies that we produce and more innovations as they come along, the solar technology is limited by one thing, and that's the ability to access the sun. That's kind of limited. We really can't change that. They will not advance any further than what they are. So today we're explaining exactly why the future cannot be the past. You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard-hitting and action-packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Good day, Bruce. How are you? Good day. Uh, healthy a lot. Yeah. A little uh, going over the news this morning and just kind of a little greeted. It just seems to get more, more crazy. But on days like today, today seems like a slow news day, like a really slow news day. Nothing really seems like it's, you know, uh, going on. Nothing. I mean, it's, it's just it, it's like the same old stuff. Like they need to change up. You know, I, I've been complaining about all this stuff with the pandemic, but let's be fair. It's been kind of exciting, hasn't it? Yeah, it's kind of made things a little bit more exciting. I mean, we've not lacked anything to talk about uh, because of it. And I mean, you know, we we actually were we were doing three days a week on podcasting. Yeah, that's true. And then and then got into COVID that, happened. And then, yeah, COVID happened. Yeah. We were doing three days a week. And we were, we we're like Monday, Wednesday and Friday. OK, but then COVID happened and we actually we were doing seven days a week there for a while. Uh, and mm -hmm. then we were doing two days or excuse me, two podcasts a day for seven days a week. That was exhausting. And then, of course, now we're only doing one a day. Uh, and to be honest with you, that's been 
quite a relief. Just that in and of itself uh, has well, been a relief. One every six days, even. Well, yeah, one every six days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, not including. Well, this this last two weeks we've only done five a week. True. True. So it's been a nice little break. Uh, but to be honest with you, I'd rather I'd rather go back to talking about nothing. If that makes sense. Uh, seriously, I'd rather go back to talking about nothing. But you can't. You can't go back. You can't go back to talking about nothing until you get rid of all the people that are causing all of this grief. You can't do that because they're making everything political, aren't they? Everything. You can't get away from it. Everything. We used to go to sports, right? We used to go to sports. I used to talk about baseball. I used to talk about uh-huh. baseball. We used to talk about sports. We can't do mm-hmm. it anymore because mm-hmm. sports are now woke. They're going mm-hmm. to take your sports away from you. They're going to put politics in there. Brett Favre, all right, even if you don't know Football, everybody knows Brett Favre, right? The quarterback. You know who Brett Favre is, don't you, Bruce? Uh, the name's familiar, yeah. But the quarterback. If you were to ask yeah, the, me. The big, yeah. the big quarterback from the NFL. Of course, he's retired now, but he was with the Green Bay Packers for all those years. And then he went somewhere else. I'm not sure. Uh, but then he retired. And he's come out. This Actually, he was, he was asked a while back about Colin Kaepernick. You know, he kind of disappeared. He was asked a while back about Colin Kaepernick. Um, how do you see a possible induction into the Hall of Fame for a Colin Kaepernick. What, what kind of a here, here's a guy who who spent his career busting his ass in professional sports, played football all his life to earn that career. And here's a guy who takes a knee and sits on his ass on the sidelines during the national anthem, spits on the country that gives him hundreds of millions of dollars, and he deserves a shot in the Hall of Fame. The guy sucked. He was terrible. He wasn't even that good of a quarterback. He was terrible. He was like, what, 15th in the league or something? Or or no, it was worse than that. Yeah, it was worse than that. I think it, he was 15th on the um, uh, when, when they when they picked the rosters each year. Oh, the draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The draft. The draft. Pick, yeah. yeah. Um, but to, to the point of that, he was actually benched uh, because he sucked. And the re- the reserve quarterback was taking up and doing better than he was. But he had a, and, he had a rocket arm and lightning feet. But yeah, yeah, right. No, the coach knew that he was better uh, doing, um, uh, well, basically running uh, instead of throwing. And um, that that's what that's what they they catered around that they they you know their plays. And he had a team to carry him. And then they benched him because he sucked. And then he started doing the knee stuff after he was benched for like six months to a year. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no, it, yeah. Well, of course, now he's got like, what is it, like a billion dollar deal with Nike or whatever it is and uh, <laughs> something like that. I don't know. Uh, and then he's got uh, Ben and Jerry's has done a, an ice cream flavor for him. Uh, Save Our World or whatever it's called. You know, something like that. I don't know. It's ridiculous. Uh, but anyway, so my point was with that was Brett Favre. Brett Favre has come out and said that. Americans don't want wokeness in their sports. How long is it going to be before they barbecue him for that one? Oh, they, they already are. Um, really? There's, yeah, because I, I actually did, I didn't know what he had said, so I looked it up. And uh-huh. um, apparently there's been a lot of, of articles come out and saying, yeah, we're not going to be non-political. Sorry, uh, we, we have to be political on it. Uh-huh. And they're kind of lambasting him for saying, you know, take politics out of it. You know, I, I know people that are not political that are big sports fans and all the rest of it. And that's fine. That's fine. I personally think that now's not the time. That's just my opinion. But someone's welcome to follow that. Go ahead. Right. I I don't have anything against that. But here's the problem. They're making sports political. And I know the people that are not political that are now seeing the politics in their sports and they don't like it. So Favre's not wrong. He's not wrong. Look at the NBA's ratings, right? For example, I know it's a different sport, but that's that's the wokeness. It's the whole uh, politics in, in sports and all the rest of it. It's the political agendas and all the rest of it. See, at first, at first, the NBA did what? 
Oh, free Hong Kong. Oh, that didn't fly, did it? No, 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 no. That didn't work. China shut that one down. They lost all kinds of money at the front offices at the NBA. So they said, oh, no, we're going to go full on political agenda. But it's not going to be the political agenda that the players want. It's going to be the political agenda that the corporations want. Uh Uh-huh. You're going to get wokeness in your sports. You're going to get politics in your sports. And you're not going to be able to enjoy them. You know, one of the things that was done in Europe during the 20th century in the rise of fascism was politics in absolutely everything. Politics were in everything, everything. You could not get away from it. Everything was political. And that's the problem is we tried to run to all these different things to kind of divorce ourselves from politics for just a day, just a day. Can we just get a day? We can't. We can't because they're not going to leave you alone. Just a few minutes, not even just a day. Just give me a few minutes without politics. I mean, seriously, I I, I go to the other mediums of like, uh, you know, I, I don't watch much TV, sports, movies, any of those things. I, I do video games. Good luck with that. If you go on and try to watch any of these streamers or broadcasters, it's all woke. They'll, they'll talk about politics. I mean, they may not during the entire time that they're, but it'll come up in the in in your time of watching it. Oh, I just got my jab, or oh, you know, these people were not wearing masks, or it's something will come up that's political, and it it's really it, it's it's tiresome. I mean, even video games are going woke as well. Uh, you know, the uh, throwing in the um, LGBT stuff in there. Fine. I really don't care. But just to make a point, uh, they're they're adding political agendas and political views in, in video games, even let alone TV shows. And you, you, you know how bad it is in like sitcoms and stuff if with woke ones. I even honestly, I, honestly, I don't know because I don't watch that stuff. I was actually thinking today I haven't watched a TV show and I I can't tell you the last time. I mean, minus the, uh, and I'm not talking about like the the ones. I mean, I was I was watch. I, I'll watch like old stuff from like back in the 60s and 70s because much much less, like you really didn't see any politics back then. It was about promoting a message because we actually believed in the family back then. But now it's it's just something completely different. Um, it's just like everything's destructive. Everything's political. So you you just can't follow it. You know, I I, I pulled up a few clips of Saturday Night Live. On uh, on some of these online video platforms, and I thought, all right, you know, I'll, I'll just I'll watch some of the Saturday Night Live stuff, and I haven't watched that stuff in years. I mean, years. It's been, to be honest with you, I never really liked it. I, I never really cared yeah. for it. But I thought a couple of people that came up through it were pretty funny over the years. John Goodman mm-hmm. was was funny. He, of course, he wasn't on it. He was always a guest on it. Chris Farley. Uh, Chris, you know, the guy that played Tommy Boy and all the rest of that stuff. He was he was mm-hmm. hilarious. John Belushi, if you go back further than that, Dan Aykroyd, you know, all, all those guys, they all came from Chevy Chase. They all came from Saturday Night Live. But I watched some of this modern stuff. I'm like, all right, you know, I'll, I'll give it a try. And I'm sitting there watching it, you know, just one little segment that they would do or something. And I'm just I can't even get through it. I'm like halfway through it and I have to stop it because it's just so stupid. It's not even funny. Who's laughing at that in that audience? I hear people laughing. What is that? Canned laughter? People can't find that funny. Yeah, it's um, honestly, in my opinion, the Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live stuff, Obama era. Uh, but that's when it died for me. Uh, before then, it was it was comical. I mean, there was some stuff and jabs that were unfair that they did on Bush. But you know what? It was still it was still funny. But then when Obama hit, uh, we can't joke about Obama. He's just so too they perfect. tried. They tried. They did it first. Uh, mm-hmm. th- and they it was actually pretty good. Uh, because they actually, I remember when they had the guy up there doing it and he says, uh, I said I was going to do this and I was going to close Guantanamo Bay and I was going to stop all the taxes and I was going to do this. And now the question you might be asking about what I've done in my first two years in office, the answer is nothing. Right after that is when it stopped. Right yep. after that. Yep. And it's of course, perfect. of course, 
Alec Baldwin can come in and play Trump for four years. That's fine. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And to be honest with you, from a satirical standpoint, he played a great Donald Trump. I didn't really care for him in, in some of this other stuff that he does, but he had a great role playing Donald Trump on there. I thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all right. I guess that's enough about entertainment, but I suppose we could carry on with all this. So this has come up today. Apple has allowed Parler back into their app store. They kicked them out back in January because they claimed that they weren't moderating their platforms for hate and right-wing extremism and all the rest of it, which was complete nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. So they've allowed them back. So there was a letter that was sent to Senator Mike Lee, a Republican from Utah, and Representative Ken Buck, and it was revealed that Parler has proposed updates to its app and the app's content moderation practices. So Apple told Parler that these changes would allow their return to Apple's iOS. Of course, Google hasn't made any response to that. So is Parler sold out? In, in your opinion, do you think Parler sold out? Um, personally, I need to see what changes they made uh, because uh, the, the changes they made in February, there were no changes. It was just reworded. It was the same standard. Uh, so I'm wondering, you know, I'll need to see what they did. What, what have they changed? Has their policies changed at all? Is it the same policies just reworded? Is it um, they added a, an AI to go in and, and you know, catch these um, problematic posts or whatnot? Or did they go full woke and have capitulated with the mob? And, and so, you know, I, I need to see the, the evidence or the, the like the, the, the proof, if you will. Yeah, but what I'll, is I'll, I'll, yeah? What is moderation though? Anyway, I mean, if you go by moderation, for God's sake, have you seen the garbage that's on Twitter? Where's the moderation there? Well, yeah, I mean, the 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 double standard that Twitter has. Um, I mean, this, I don't personally, I don't like moderation. Period. Uh, the only things that I I am you know okay with is things like um, child pornography, child pornography, yeah, and those fair. kind of things. That's that's fair. because Spam and all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that's fair. But it, it, I'm I'm an absolutist when it comes to free, freedom of speech. So I don't like them going in and editing and, and they get special privileges anyway to be a platform, not an editor. So when you go in and start moderating things, well, where do we draw the line on your moderating, uh, you know, sensibly moderating versus being an editor editor? I mean, wh- where's that line? Well, I think it's pretty clear, at least from Twitter standpoint and Facebook standpoint, uh, as, as well as Google. Uh, but you can argue there's an algorithm that does that. But uh, the algorithms have to be programmed by people, don't they? They have to be manipulated by people, don't they? Mm-hmm. So there's not an AI that actually does that, right? That's that's not how that works. We actually code those things as humans. And then, of course, the AI gets, uh, you know, they, they turn the AI loose into that algorithm that's been programmed by a human, and it does the work that it was designed to do. So, and I think you put it once, there's a little bit of the person in that algorithm that's designed for the AI. So if that person is, and, and there's been several Google whistleblowers and former employees that have written that code for their algorithms come out and say exactly that. Uh, I wrote it because that's what I believed at the time and that's how it behaves. So look at Twitter the last few days. What have they done? They banned James O'Keefe and the people over at Project Veritas. Why? Because they exposed CNN for the lying pieces of garbage that they are, which we already knew they were anyway, but they just put a finer point on it. Yeah, proof to the things we already knew, confirmation. On top of that, they removed Steve Bannon, Donald Trump, uh, Rush Limbaugh. Of course, Rush is uh, is not with us anymore, God rest him. But uh, all these other people. Now, there's a few conservative people that are still left on there, but others that have been taken down and brought back. There was the controversy with the New York Post. Facebook Mm -hmm. actually removed, speaking of that, Facebook actually removed the Daily Mail's 
links the other day because they were linking to a New York Post article about I, I can't remember what it was about. I'm wanting to say, wasn't it about the BLM? Oh, yes. The BLM thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what it was about. So, yeah, the, uh, uh, the the hypocrisy of the leader, whatever her name was, the trained Marxist who owns like five estates and multimillion dollar mm-hmm. homes. Yeah, that one. Yep. That's what it was. So, yeah, there's the double standard there. It can be applied one way to the tech companies right? in their minds. Works one way. Steven Crowder was another one. He's had his stuff taken down how many times now? I don't know if he's got it back now or not. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. But uh, I did see that his YouTube account is back temporarily, at least until they uh, suspend him again for whatever reason. They banned both of his YouTube accounts, by the way. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. they banned the one, his main account, and then he went on Crowder Bits and did, which is his offshoot, does smaller stuff, um, different content. And he put out a message there just saying, hey, guys, uh, we're, we're banned on the other channel. Here's the reasoning why. And YouTube banned that channel as well because they pointed out the hypocrisy of Well, Google. YouTube have actually YouTube have taken this point on things. They say that if you create content for one channel mm-hmm. and you get banned or you violate their terms of service or whatever, because they what happened to the three strike one? Right. That doesn't apply anymore. I guess it's up there for a formality because a lot of these people don't the, the, the big names that get banned or uh, temporarily suspended. They don't get notified of having a strike against them. They just get banned and they don't know why and they aren't told why. Of course, we all know why. Yeah. But if you have a channel on YouTube that violates community guidelines or whatever, that seems to be their usual canned responses. Well, you violated our community guidelines. Well, what are they? Well, we can't tell you. Well, OK, so. If that channel gets banned or suspended, then you, let's say you have another channel because a lot of these guys will have two and three channels. Mm-hmm. So you cannot discuss like you can't cross the content is is per their their. Uh, you can't um, basically you can't post the same content from one channel to the other. It has to be a different. Right. It has to be used different content. So in the case for for using Crowder as the example here, when he went on and said, hey, guys, look, this was banned because we talked about this. It was a completely different video. It didn't violate any of their policies, but they banned them anyway. Um, And and again, both of those uh, bans for his sake specifically, uh, because I, I, I know of him his situation a little bit. He was saying that um, they didn't give them a reason at all as to what, why they were banned. Um, it was just, you're suspended. And reasons, blank. That, that field was left blank. And that's been like the third time this year, fourth time or something like that, that he's gotten a suspension or ban for a, a, a blank reason. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, let's move to the Let's get off the tech side of things. Let's move to the streets, right? Because we know where these people organize, right? The extremists, not the right wing ones, I mean, because nearest I can tell, I haven't seen any of those yet. I'm still waiting to see all these uh, extremists that they're talking about exist everywhere. I haven't seen any yet. I'm still waiting for that. We've been waiting for that for five years and they haven't actually produced anyone yet. The minute that they show up, believe me, I'm going to be the first one to call them out. Interesting note real quick. You're talking about extremists. I just want to put a fine point on that one real quick. The only incident we had was January 6th. And the only death that we had there that was directly caused because of that was Ashley Babbitt. And she was shot by a police officer. If this were any other situation in the last year of someone getting shot, we would oh, have known the officer. City. We would have they'd known everything about him. Yeah. And, and, and in this case, we don't even know who the officer was. We, we still don't know. We don't know if she was given a warning. All we know is he drew shot or dead. That was it. And we don't even have her autopsy, nor does her family have the autopsy report yet. So 
I mean, double standard much? Seems a bit sketchy, if you ask me. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right on that one. But let's look at some of the states that are actually taking a different approach to it. This one caught me because this is out of your state. Oklahoma Senate passes a bill to protect motorists who strike violent protesters while fleeing a riot. Okay, so we've been seeing that a lot especially last summer, and you're going to see it again. You're going to see it again this summer. They're already starting. So if you pull up to an intersection and it's blocked by a bunch of, uh, I wouldn't call them protesters, I call it an unruly mob, and they surround your car and they start beating on your windows, smashing out your windows with their skateboards, what are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to just sit there and wait for them to drag you out of the car and beat you to death in the middle of the intersection and drive off with your car? Because that's what they'll do. If you're a person that, and we heard the 911 calls, if you're a person that is experiencing this, you're in the car, let's say you're in your car with your two kids, as this woman was that I'm describing. She calls the police. She calls 911. And they are told to tell her that they are not allowed to respond per the mayor's office. Here you have a case of lawlessness and an insurrection from the city administration. Enough about the people in the streets. We already know who they represent and what they represent. But they're being enabled by the people that hold public office. Top-down, bottom-up, squeezing of society. It's pressure that's being applied to the people that are law-abiding citizens in all aspects. This bill will protect innocent people trapped by a rioting mob. Bruce, if you pull up to an intersection and you see an angry mob start walking towards you, let's say, I don't know, 50, 100 people start walking towards you, what are you going to do? Well, first, I'm going to try to back out of there if possible. If that's not possible, then um, they'll move. Well, (laughs) don't be in the street. I mean, that's what we were told as kids, right? Don't play in the street. Don't play in the street. Do, do you know why you don't walk in the street when there's traffic? Because you'll get hit by a car. That's just common sense. That's why we have sidewalks. Now, if a car goes down a sidewalk and hits a bunch of pedestrians, then that driver should be charged. Shouldn't it go the other way? If you're out in the streets menacing drivers, shouldn't you be charged? Stands to reason. Stands to reason. House Bill 1674 would create a new section of the law to protect motorists that strike one or more persons while fleeing from a riot from criminal liability if the motorist had a reasonable belief that their actions were necessary to protect themselves from serious injury or death. The bill would also impose penalties for the protesters that unlawfully obstruct streets or highways or block vehicles. This is brought up in a response, and I think Tennessee is also doing this. We talked about this last, uh, I think like four or five months ago or whatever it was. So last year, this is brought up for uh, or as a response to what happened in Tulsa last year. So they say that they actually saw uh, that happen in Oklahoma last year when a Tulsa family was surrounded by rioters. Through no fault of their own, they were caught in a dangerous situation and fearing for their lives, they were attempting to get away. The prosecutor declined to file charges, but that may not always be the case. The bill would protect innocent people trapped by a rioting mob. So any driver who unintentionally causes injury or death while fleeing from a riot in their vehicle would be protected under the proposed law. So basically, if you run them down in the streets. Now, I'm sorry, but if you've got, and I've had people tell me this, they say, look, if I pull up to an entire intersection that's just flooded and they start walking towards your car, what are you supposed to do? They say, I'm not going to stay there. I'm going to go through them. If I can't back out of it, I'm going to go through them. You obviously, you don't want to run over people. Do you know how awful that is? You got to live with that. But if it comes down to saving your life, saving the lives of your passengers who are more than likely your family, what decision are you going to make? Not to mention who's going to pay for the damages that you incur. Let's say you get through there without running anyone over. More than likely, they've they've bashed your car, broken your windows, dented your vehicle, you know, keyed it, whatever. Who's going to pay for that? 
Well, Bruce, you just do. You just do. You, you just do. Another Your biggest question? issues, how you got to pay for it, well, you just do. Uh, another question for you. Why is it Oklahoma seems to be here in the, the recent months out Texasing Texas? Uh, a lot of influx from uh, California. I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I don't know. I, I, it seems like Texas is, uh, you know, kind of lagging behind here, you know? Just a little bit, yeah. Individuals who unlawfully obstruct approaching vehicles from using the public street, highway, or road or endanger a vehicle or person's safe movement would be subject or would be subject to misdemeanor penalties. Those found guilty, these are the people in the streets, by the way, those found guilty could be punishable by up to one year in the county jail and or a fine ranging from $100 to $500, as well as the liability for damage to a person or property. There you go. You wanted to know how to pay for it? Well, yeah. their sorry asses are going to have to pay for it. Which, I mean, they're not going to have the, the money to do it themselves, obviously, because um, who really has the time to go out there and riot? Seriously. Bruce, if you're an unemployed individual and you are entitled and you think you need to go out there and protest uh, social justice or whatever in the hell it is these idiots are out there protesting, or I don't know, I'm not sure, but yeah, if you're, well, let me, let me put it this way. If you're an unemployed individual and an organization is out there advertising online for you to be paid $500 for the day to go out and protest, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to do one of three other jobs that I currently have uh, on, on, on my plate. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. Yeah, but that's right. you. You're a principled individual, right? These other people, yeah, these yahoos. So well, the even, bill, even if I didn't have anything to do, I wouldn't go out there. And it's just, well, you said it, principled individual. Yeah, right. yeah. So the bill adds language into existing law regarding riots and is directly in line with the Tulsa District Attorney's decision over the summer that protected a motorist fleeing a riot. This is an important protection for this is uh, State Representative Kevin West who said this. Uh, He's also a co-author of the bill. He said this is an important protection for citizens who are just trying to get out of a bad situation. When fleeing an unlawful riot, they should not face threat of persecution for trying to protect themselves, their families or their property. Uh, And to be clear, all riots are unlawful. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what he meant. However, however, there are some critics of this bill. And of course, you know, there had to be some, right? There had to be some. There's there's some critics. The critics say that this infringes upon Oklahomans right to protest. You, you can go out and protest all you want. Protesting is peaceful. There is no violence. The minute it becomes violent, you're now a riot. Uh, that is correct. Care didn't see this one coming, right? You know who Care uh, is, don't you? Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Care, Oklahoma, the Oklahoma chapter of the Council on American Islamic Relations, released a statement opposing the bill after it passed the Senate on Wednesday. This is what they said in their statement. This law is dangerous and meant to discourage Oklahomans from exercising their constitutional right to peaceful protest. This bill is one of the many across the country seeking to suppress the voice of the people. I will agree with them on one point. This is meant to deter people from protesting peacefully in the streets. Stay out of the streets. You don't need to be there. Seriously, we've talked about it before with the uh, uh, Extinction Rebellion. (laughs) Getting in the way of other people's lives, interfering with their lives, is not going to get them to jump on board with you. Oh, you you made me late for my job and risk me getting fired or in trouble, reprimanded at my job. Oh, yeah, I'm going to jump on board with your with your agenda. Nah, <laughs> it doesn't go down that way. Now, what is happening in your state is actually being ignored in another state, if you can imagine. And wouldn't you know it, you actually have members of Congress out joining the rioters in the streets. And, and I heard this. I, I saw a video last night and they were walking down the streets in Brooklyn Center in Minneapolis saying no prisons, no walls, no USA at all. 
Isn't that a great slogan to be marching to? Yeah, isn't that great? Is that fantastic? Isn't that patriotic? Isn't that patriotic? Very patriotic. No Very prisons, yeah. no walls, no USA at all. Yeah. I mean, that's that's much better than no borders, no wall, no USA at all. So uh, you imagine no prisons, no walls, no USA at all. Imagine no prisons. Yeah, imagine that. That's how sick these people are. They actually, I'm serious. They actually look at people in prison as political prisoners, all of them, because you're unjustly held by the tyranny of the state. That, that's how disgusting they are in, in their way of thinking. Maxine Waters, Mad Maxine from California. OK, first of all, you're from California, lady. What are you doing in Minnesota? What are you doing there? Oh, you're out there stirring up the pot is what you're doing. Isn't that what she said last year? If you see anybody at a department store, at a gasoline station, at a restaurant, you get out and you create a crowd, you push back on them, you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. Uh-huh. Yeah. Also and, a very American idea as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's real tolerant. Yeah. Real, real acceptance, you know, real inclusive behavior. But then she went on to say, if you think we're riled up now, you ain't seen nothing yet. Huh? Okay. Maxine Waters tells Minnesota BLM protesters to get more confrontational one day after violent anti-police clashes erupted across the U.S. More confrontational. They weren't confrontational enough. Burning out multiple storefronts and and looting. That's not confrontational enough, I guess. California Representative Maxine Waters appeared on the Brooklyn Center protest on Saturday. She says, we got to stay on the street as she was encouraging protesters to ignore the night's curfew. She also talked about the previous botched attempts at police reform and how she wants to see uh, what, what's his name? Chauvin? Chauvin? What? Something like Ch- that? Yeah, Chauvin. Yeah, Chauvin. Yeah, is how I say it. Yeah, she wants to see uh, Chauvin receive a guilty verdict at his trial, which they're doing the closing arguments now, right? What? Yeah, yeah. Today's supposed to be the closing arguments. Yeah. Um, why exactly do you want to see him guilty? Like, instead of seeing a, a guilty verdict, why don't we have the just verdict? The the one that I mean, right? Well, in in their eyes, it's open and shut, regardless of the defense. Like the defense doesn't matter. So it don't matter. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't it's matter. All perception. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Uh, she went on to say, I'm not happy that we've talked about police reform for so long. We're looking for a guilty verdict. If we don't get a guilty verdict, we cannot go away. Huh. Hmm. That almost sounds like she's calling for more violence and not only more violence, um, also to continue the violence. It's almost like, um, even if he's goes to prison, it's not good enough. I mean, a guilty verdict is one thing, but is, is just going to prison for a year good enough for them? Well, she got a lot of backlash on Twitter. A lot of people are not really happy about what she had to say. Uh, and quite frankly, I, I mean, I don't blame them. I'm, I'm, and I'm surprised they were allowed to say those comments that they weren't taken down by Twitter, to be honest. Oh, no, they don't they don't take uh, take down any kind of world leaders or, or you know, like. No, I'm not talking about her. They, I'm talking about the comments that were made against oh, the her. comments against her. OK, yeah, yeah. Fair, no, okay, I, yeah, I get fair, that they don't take right, her. I mean, right. of course, if you take if you take the president down, that's fine. Then, yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah, OK. Yeah. Yeah. But and and yeah. not only president, but also, uh, I mean, president at the time and now former president, he he's still removed right. from Twitter. Right. So, well, he's that, not. That's okay. com- yeah, he's not allowed to be to come back. Uh, Jack Dorsey said some of the comments that were put up on Twitter. I will read some of these. Of course, she'll get away with saying that while anyone else would have been thrown in jail. That's true. That's true. If you had someone else out there, if you had it, let, let's just reverse the situation. OK, just reverse it. Let's say that you've got a bunch of skinhead neo-Nazi idiots out there, okay? A bunch of low-life idiots, okay? Let's say you got a bunch of brain-dead morons out there walking around with their swastika flags and everything else, you know, like they're, they're some kind of supreme whatever in the hell those idiots are. 
And you had members of Congress from the Republican Party out there joining them, making statements like that. What would happen? The the amount of nonstop media coverage would be off the wall, cover to cover. It would be international news everywhere. Right. Yeah. Rightfully so. And rightfully so. Yeah. Rightfully so. I'm not for one side or the other here. I'm just calling it down the middle. But if the other side does it, that's fine. No, there's there's no double standard there. Another user tweeted, good grief, lady, get out of here. Another person also accused Waters of stirring people up again with her calls for violence. Again, like I said, just reverse the situation. Reverse it. Yeah. Tell me what would happen. That that person that said that is uh, that that's true. She did call for more violence. You know, as you said, well, she stayed there until uh, yesterday and she uh, she left or I'm sorry, she was there until today. She she stayed there until today. And then, of course, uh, she left today. Uh, according to the CBS affiliate up there, CBS Minnesota, officials stated that there was a brief altercation between reporters and protesters as she was leaving on Saturday uh, at first reports of, of skirmishes. Of course, she was down there to stir everything up. And then once it started kicking off, well, she left. <laughs> she she had someplace she had to be. She, she had to go somewhere. So obviously, she, I mean, she couldn't be down there in, in the She had in to the go riots. to bed. It was yeah. late. Yeah. And there's something else going on. Okay, so that's what's going on in Minnesota. All right, so there's something else going on in Chicago. Mayor Lori Lightfoot just released some body cam footage of uh, police uh, shooting a 13-year-old that they were chasing down an alleyway. Of course, mm-hmm. she's been holding the footage for over a month, and she just now decided to, to release that. Of course, the one that happened in... Minneapolis with uh, uh, Dante Wright, I think his name was, mm-hmm. the one that happened, that was released immediately within hours. And yep. of course, the one in Chicago, well, uh, yeah, they had to wait uh, for that one, oddly enough. Mm-hmm. Did you see this, the CNN reporting on that one? I did they not. they showed the clip of that? I did okay, not. So I did CNN see the actual version. clip, though. I, I did see the actual clip, yeah. but okay, not from so CNN. The CNN, uh, what they did was... As you know, he going down the uh, the alleyway, and the officer pulls up and tells him to to, to drop the gun and whatnot. Um, the kid, you, you there's an, a point that you see the kid has a gun yeah. behind his back. Yeah, you, well, you um, see him reach back. He reaches back. Yeah, yeah, he does. And you see the gun briefly if you you pause it um, at, at the right point. CNN didn't show that part. It was cropped, so you of couldn't see not. it. Of course they did. And <laughs> yeah, all they showed was the officer shooting the kid. Right, right. And, yeah. you know, in that situation, what? At, at, honestly, in that situation, I think the officer was justified. I hate to see that a 13-year-old was shot and killed, uh, but under the situation, they were responding to a shots fired. The kid, the, but, the kid had a gun. Thir- but a 13-year-old kid or not, a 13-year-old kid, and I see what you're saying. I, I, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to see that either. That's terrible. But a 13-year-old kid or a, a 37-year-old person doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because anybody that would have behaved like that, myself included, anybody that would have behaved like that, the same fate would have happened to me. The same thing. Yeah. Same a thirteen, A 13-year-old can kill you just as quickly as a 37-year-old exactly. with a gun. I mean, exactly. it, it's the, yeah. So the, the, the reaction of the officer, I think, was justified. And then when you watch the video, it looks like it was justified after knowing the entirety of what was going on. When you see the whole video, not the, when you the see cropped the whole out video. part. Yeah, exactly. Because the kid did pull the gun. And um, the rumor is that the kid dropped the gun. The speculation he was he was pulling the gun out and dropping it behind him, and then he whipped around quickly, and that's when the officer shot him. Well, we don't know because of the the way the angle the kid was and everything if the kid dropped the gun after he was shot or before. But either way, the the gun was right there um, with the kid. So, and you see he had it in his hand. 
open and shut as far as I'm concerned. But uh, the other thing I'm curious about is, are they going to riot over this one? Honestly, I, I don't think if it like if they were going to, then they would have already. Yeah, but I think so. there's uh, yeah. I think there's too much of the actual body cam footage, not the CNN spin. See, that that's the other thing. The CNN spin on things like it, it, not and not just them, the mainstream media in general, their numbers are crap. They're, yeah. they're terrible. They're terrible. So no, no one buys that nonsense. You know, I, oh, I saw Chicago. a clip. Yeah, it's Chicago, too. Yeah. You know, I, I saw a clip this morning of French President Emmanuel Macron. He was on CBS's Face the Nation in the U.S. So what? He's up there talking to 100,000 people. That, that's probably all that watch that show. I could be wrong. Yeah. Might, might be 200,000, but not more than three, I wouldn't imagine, on a good night, on a good night. I mean, you have the likes of Dr. Fauci on there all the time. Now you have French President Emmanuel Macron. He was praising Biden for his uh, getting us back into the Paris Accords uh, and how great wind and salt. You know what? I got the clip. That's just, it's so stupid. Listen to this. Now we have to accelerate because we are living the first consequences of basically climate disorders. It's time climate to change. rush. And yeah. President Biden is 100% right to do so. But I think the decision taken by your president in January this year was super important. Mm. Welcome back. I was extremely happy because yeah, now the US and the federal government decided to join again and to commit. Second, as Europeans, we increased our targets for 2030 and 2050 a few months ago because indeed we were lagging behind in comparison with our targets. We need India and China to be with us. India is very committed. They launched with us the solar initiative two years, three years ago now, they are improving their system and they committed to reduce, especially HFC emissions. They say are super, uh, uh, super polluters and even worse than CO2. China remained in Paris Agreement. They increased their targets, but they are still for carbon neutrality in 2060 oh. and a peak in 2030. With Chancellor Merkel, we had mm -hmm. a discussion with President Xi. And I think we, we, we fought the commitments of President Xi on climate right. to work with the US and with Europe. First, to accelerate his target of 2030 to have the peak emission and in some cities and some regions to do better and faster. Right, because the, the Chinese Communist Party, they're going to follow those regulations, right? They're going to follow those that you agree to, which, by the way, you're not going to be around by the time that all this comes to uh, these target dates, I might add. Yeah. Uh, interesting there, going back into the climate accord thing. It was only going to affect things by one degree anyway. If you spent... It wasn't even one degree, was it? It was like... Yeah, it was It was like half a degree. But I'm, I'm being over 100 years. conservative. Yeah. Over a hundred years, yeah, and and the amount of money you would lose per year, uh, it it was you were going to put millions into poverty. Basically, is what would end up happening. Destroying economies. I mean, year after uh, year. Um, have we not done that in the last twelve yeah. months? Um, well, I would just like to note that that clip right there that I just played, Emmanuel Macron removed that from his Twitter account and it was deleted uh, about twelve hours ago. Hmm. Hmm. Nice I to know that he stands behind. Yeah, it's nice to know that he stands behind what he says. Right, right. I'm all for going green and finding better solutions. Wind and solar is not it. That they're not. They're not the solution right now. They, it's they can not. help mitigate. You know, mitigate or or on a local level or on an individual scale, not on mass scale. You know, it, here's the thing, and it, that that's just it. Is that's where they have their investments. When, when I said they have money, that's where they have their money. 
right? India and China, whatever, their firms over there that they've created, they, that's where they've put their investments. As I said, this is not new stuff. This is not new technology. We've made advances in these areas, sure, right? There's been technological advances, of course. There's no denying that. But this is old technology. Solar panels, the concept of solar panels have been around since the end of the war. It's been around since the 50s. Same thing with electric cars. Electric cars, albeit they were concepts back then, but this is old stuff. The windmills generate, like the Europeans have been doing that for generations. For centuries, they've been doing that, right? Look at the Dutch. That's what the whole thing was about the, the windmills and the water mills to grind your grain. Yeah. Down into wheat flour. Yeah. So you could make bread. Of course, we can't do that now because we're all gluten free for whatever the hell reason. But my point is, is that these are old ways. Th this is not new, right? That's what I've been saying. These people are not the future. They're the past. They've taken this old technology. They've dressed it up. They've moved all their money into this stuff. They've given it nice window dressing. They've given it a cosmetic facelift. They've given it cosmetic surgery and they've rolled it out to you like this is a brand new thing. This is the wave of the future when it's not. It's not. It's actually more damaging and more toxic to the environment by creating this stuff. Solar panels. Tell me how you cleanly dispose of these things. Tell me how you do that. What do you do with the waste of this stuff? Batteries. Tell me how you cleanly dispose of these things. Tell me, hell, tell me how you cleanly manufacture them and transport them. You can't. So my point is, is that all of this stuff is irrelevant. It's the past. It's not the future. Our future is, quite frankly, it's nuclear fusion. It's hydrogen. It's helium-3 reactors. And it's graphene. That's our future, if you want to get technical about it. This stuff that we're dealing with, we're trying to break away from this stuff. That's the past, what he's to, what President Macron's talking about. That's the past. That's not the future. That's the future they want. But that's a future to keep you dependent on them and their systems that are meant to make stagnation the status quo, not production. Stagnation creates depression and it creates collapse. That's what it does. It doesn't create prosperity. It doesn't create wealth doesn't create opportunity, doesn't allow you to grow. It allows you to stay dependent on their system that is not meant to work. None of this stuff is meant to work, right? Do you know, do you know what electric car is? An electric car, which by the way, there was one, there was a Tesla that uh, just had a fatal crash in Texas. I think it was yesterday. Yep. Uh, yeah. Two people. No, uh, nobody was driving. Nobody was, yeah. yeah, nobody was driving. It was an autonomous car. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the thing is, is that these things are not meant to advance you. It's not meant to advance me or anybody else. It's meant to keep us suppressed in their system under their thumb. I described about a month ago how we were in the process of breaking free of all this stuff. We can get our news. We can educate ourselves, right? We don't have to worry about all this, this stuff on TV, right? We're breaking away from that. Look at the numbers of the TV, the, the TV news networks. They're in the toilet. No one watches them. No one believes them. Politicians, all of their stuff gets exposed now. People see them for the, the frauds and the liars that they are. We don't need them anymore, except for a few pockets here and there. The same thing with entertainment. If you look at it even pre-pandemic, look at the entertainment, the movie sales, the movie numbers, right? The people going to the theaters, that was already dropping off anyway. Now they're making it a big deal, like, oh, everybody wants to go back to the theater. No one was going anyway. Sports stadiums, the NFL, when they started taking the knee, Kaepernick and company, which we started with tonight, when they started doing that, people started leaving they weren't actually going. Baseball? Believe me, I was a baseball fan. Yankee fan for over 20 years. Baseball fan longer than that. The stadiums. The stadiums were actually losing the capacity. I watched a couple of games about three years ago. Three years ago. And the stadiums were empty. They were pretty much empty. You had a few people in there, but they were more or less empty. People don't care anymore. We're in the process of breaking free of all that stuff. We don't need them 
anymore. We don't need these people, these these useless politicians and these useless uh, the, the corporations, these woke corporations, woke capital. I even heard zero hedge, the guys over at Zero Hedge Colony the other day, woke capital. We don't need any of this stuff. We weren't buying it to begin with. So what happens? COVID happens, right? Oh, now you need us. Now you need everything we're going to give you. You need all of the this technology that's going to save you, that's going to advance you when it's actually not. It's meant to suppress you. It's meant to destroy your opportunity from innovation. Bit of a pet peeve real quick. Sorry. I think we do a disservice to capitalism by tying other names to it, if you will. Uh, and that's not a dig at what you were saying or what, what anybody is saying. It's just pointing out a, a thing that capitalism is the free market. They were essentially one and the same. But because we're allowing the narratives of crony capitalism or, uh, you know, woke capitalism or um, what other, other, whatever other form of capitalism they're saying out there, those aren't capitalism. Uh, it, it's a controlled market. That's not that's not the free market. Anyway, sorry, pet peeve. No, you're you're fine. No, it's a, I, I get it. I get it. And, and it's when you assign things, you know, when you lump it all in together. I mean, let's let's be honest. What we're dealing with here, this isn't capitalism. This is not cap. We haven't had capitalism. <laughs> uh, I can't tell you that we've even actually had capitalism. To be fair, maybe maybe in the beginning. Uh, very initially. yeah, because okay, yeah, fair point. Because you actually you weren't able to get a charter to do business unless you were proven to do, to do the public good. So yeah, okay, I can I can go yeah. with that. But when that charter was removed, when you couldn't or when you weren't required to have that charter any longer, then that's when it all started to go to hell. But my point is, is that this type of talk with this stuff, and now they're they're switching back to this uh, climate change nonsense. Oh, come on, come on. They want you to feel like you're helplessly dependent on what they need to do for you. They know better than you. Cryptocurrencies, right? We talked about cryptocurrencies on uh, an exclusive a couple of weeks ago with a special guest. Uh, it's on it's on our Telegram channel. If you want to go listen to it, I like the concept. I, I like the concept. I agree with the concept. When you start having other currencies arise to challenge the system, see that's the other part of this too is the cryptocurrencies that plays a major part in this because this is a financial system that is emerging through the free market that's taking them on, that's challenging them. You don't need their banking system anymore. That's the other big thing. That's the glue that holds this entire thing together is, yes, we're talking about shadow groups like the World Economic Forum, and we're talking about governments, we're talking about corporations, but let's look at the glue that holds it all together. It's the banking establishment, isn't it? It's the central banks, the world banks, all the rest of it. That's their lifeblood. And when you start going after that, when you start challenging that as the populace, then you're in a real world of trouble because they will make life a living hell. So the idea of cryptocurrencies is threatening to them. I actually read today that the Bank of England is talking about coming out with something called a Britcoin. Oh, now all of a sudden you're going to come out with um, uh, cryptocurrencies of your own? Well, we didn't see that one coming. You mm. see, we don't need the state and the central banks working together to expand the money supply and to engineer booms and busts and to put us into a state of abject servitude. We don't need that anymore. That time's over. Mm. Uh, well, the, the government is going to show you that you do need that. You right. do need them. Yeah. See, they're they're having a little bit of a difficult time, in my humble opinion. They're having a little bit of a difficult time trying to ride this tiger because I think they've got too many irons in the fire. Uh, and they're just they're having a hard time trying to juggle it all. Now, that's not saying that they're just going to give up and quit because these people are committed. They will fight to the end. Believe me, if history shows anything to be true, these people will not quit. They will not quit until you make them quit. Because right now we're in a war of attrition. They want you to quit 
They want me to quit. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to double down just like they're doubling down, except I'm not doubling down like a degenerate gambler. I'm doubling down on team humanity. I'm doubling down on a prosperous, free future. They're doubling down on the past. They're doubling down on stuff that doesn't work. They're doubling down on their broken, morally bankrupt, degenerate system. That's what they're doubling down on. That has got to be what they're selling you. That has got to be the most miserable existence that you could possibly imagine. What? You own nothing and you're happy about it? So then what do you aspire to be? Where's your opportunity? You're going to eat bugs? You're going to eat insect butter that that Klaus Schwab's going to give you. You're going to eat plastic bread. You're going to eat 3D printed steaks from Bill Gates. You're going to take his whatever the hell he's selling you that week for the, that variant that they're promoting that with that fear porn of theirs with his little his little errand boy up there, Fauci. That's your future. That's what you want. If that's the future that you want, if you truly believe that that is the future that you want with all the woke entertainment and all the rest of it, if that's what you want, then I hope you're happy with it. But I'll tell you something, someone like me, I will fight against that system every day of the week. That just energizes me that much more. And the thing is, is that I know that that idea that I'm sitting here talking about, that idea that we're talking about, that we're promoting here every day, our ideas win. We win because we're energized. The people that blindly follow that system, have you ever, have you ever looked at these people? The ones that are out there going through the drive through vaccination sites, have you looked at these people? The ones that are rolling their sleeves up, they look like the most miserable, hollow husks of people that you've ever seen. They look absolutely miserable because they're followers. That's why. They're not leaders. They don't know how to lead. They know how to do what they're told. Well, I, I've never been a person that, and I'm not saying that I disrespect authority. You know, I'm, I'm very well respecting of, of a system of law and order. I believe in that. But at the same time, I can think for myself. I don't need a government or some bureaucrat or some health department loser that they've sent around with a little notepad or a clipboard or whatever. Go to hell. Go to hell. Get the hell out of my face. You come back at me with something real. And then we'll talk. OK, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for these people. I've got better things to do. I've got other things to I, I, to be honest with you. I don't want to sit here and do this podcast. I don't want to do this. I don't want to sit here. Bruce, you don't want to sit here. Do you know what I'd rather be doing? I'd rather be studying. And I don't mean in college in one of these disgusting universities. I'd rather be studying about what I want to study about. I'd rather be reading about history. I'd rather be reading about. Uh, I don't know. What the hell do I have over here? Uh, I got some books on ecology. I got some books on, uh, on on the environment that I'd rather be studying up on just to expand my knowledge of things. But I don't have time to do that because I'm too busy dealing with this garbage that it's, that's quite frankly, it's irrelevant. So I'd rather actually advance myself rather than go along to get along with the system that's not going to give you anything except misery and despair and depression. That's just not who I am. Well, you, you're you're going to own nothing and you're going to like it. Yeah, you're I'm going to like enjoy it, right? it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that an order? It's a threat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I really didn't have anything else today, and I, I, I guess I'll get off my soapbox now. Is there anything else? Uh, not really. I mean, I've got more stuff, but uh, we'll actually no. We, we we should end on a light note. End this one on a light note. We we we, we usually talk somewhere? about there. There is a light note one. We usually talk lighter stuff in the mornings. Yeah, and since we're not doing the morning show, we'll we'll leave you with something a little lighter. Um, NASA, the uh, you remember the rover they just sent to Mars. Uh, yes. Here with the helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they just did the first flight of that helicopter uh, early Monday and it did manage to uh, take off. And let's see, it looks like uh, 3.30 a.m. 
they had it take off. It reached an altitude of 10 feet, then turned and landed softly in an uh, autonomous flight that lasted 30 seconds. Now, doesn't seem like a huge achievement, right? This was just uh, more or less a proof of concept uh, to, to, to fly the thing. Um, you know, twin rotor blade, carbon fiber. I mean, the thing was super light. And here on Earth, it would be, I mean, that's <laughs> no big feat, right? But when you have one one hundredth the atmosphere on Mars versus Earth, we didn't even know if this would fly. Didn't we test it? Like we have vacuum chambers for them to test in, don't we? D- didn't we test yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the numbers work, but there was also uh, a storm here recently that engulfed the, the uh, rover. So they were concerned that the, the rover um, might be damaged or, you know, uh, too much dust on the um, solar panels. Hold, hold, hold on a second. Are you saying that there's climate change on Mars? There is, yes. It, it's man-made climate change on Mars. Yeah, it's from all those rovers. We because we, there. yeah, we yeah. sent them up there and yeah, mm-hmm. we, we've caused mm-hmm. the climate change uh, on yeah. on Mars now. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that, 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 that is your little dose of good news on the space front. Um, we're, we're making small advancements, if you will. I don't know. I, I think that's a pretty big one. We just sent a helicopter to another planet for the first time and it flew. So kind of impressive. I, I actually think that that's, that's something else. I mean, that's, you know, we, I was going on that long rant about our future and our past. And I've made the statements before, our future's out there. It's not here. Now, does that mean that I'm ever going to get the opportunity to go out there? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. Probably but not. Yeah, maybe, probably not. maybe, maybe as a passenger or something, you know, as a, yeah, yeah. Uh, and if, just if we a do a moon off. colony or something, you know, I might go up there for a week or something, you know, if, if we, you know, if that ever comes into fruition, uh, yeah. know, maybe I can hitch a ride on, um, you know, uh, Tesla airlines or whatever it is he's going to yeah. have. Well, uh, the other option uh, to say we'll never get up there is actually kind of a stretch because they also predict our generation and younger are probably going to see medical advancements that yeah. either extend our lives uh, exponentially or make it to where you're more or less immortal as far as old age. Yes. They say that right now, if you're and this, this is all dependent. Like I said, we're to be determined on that, right? That's, that's yes. to be determined because here's the thing. This is the fight. The elites, quote, the elite, they want that technology for themselves. See, they want to reduce the world's population. I know that sounds out there and crazy, but that's how sick these people are. So they want that technology for themselves and they want everybody else to just pack it in and have a nice day. Is it so crazy when they're saying it themselves? I mean, no. they, they've, they've said it. No. So Yeah, they, they've said it. And the numbers that they're talking about, they're staggering. Uh, and I'm, I'm not going to get into that now. That, that's for another podcast. But if we can get rid of these, whatever they are, these morally bankrupt degenerates, if we can get rid of these people, then the word on the street right now is that anybody under 50, hear me on this one, anybody under 50 will have the opportunity to live to possibly 300. That's the word right now. But we have to get rid of these people first because these are the repressors. These are the ones that have all this technology but they call them disruptive technologies. All this other stuff, this uh, whatever this crap is that they're selling you, this this wind and solar. Yes, Bruce was right. It is good on an individual basis. Believe me, I've got solar panels. They're great. They're fantastic. They save so much money. I don't. I can't even. I can't even put it into words. But we're at the end of the advancement on solar panels. We're not going to advance that technology any further. Maybe a little bit. Maybe. But we're at the we're at the end of what those things are going to be able to do. Maybe, maybe if we, if like graphene is able to be used in it or something like maybe. that. But the, the thing is, is graphene is like 
it, once we get that down pat and understand it fully, or at least better, that stuff has potential to be like space metal. That's going to be like our, um, we, we use it for everything metal. And imagine uh, you if know, you had a smartphone that you never had to charge. Yeah, yeah, that would be pretty. And and you're not worried about dropping it and breaking it and, you know, all those kind of things or it overheating or and then it'd be fully recyclable. I mean, it just the possibilities for this stuff is is pretty immense. Um, with all that said, uh, the, the 300 year mark that you were saying, honestly, if we're able to even increase the lifespan of a human by 100 years. So instead of, you know, dying at 80, you die at 180. Yeah. And that will increase exponentially the more advances that we make. That's just the natural progression of things. Right. But if, if let's say we do that for our generation, um, by the time we get to the point that we're old and going to die of old age, we've already made enough advancements to increase that age by another 100 years. So it, it's only going to snowball. And basically, that, that's why... Our generation is speculated to be the ones that will be more or less immortal. Not immortal in the sense that you'll never die, but immortal in the sense you'll never die of old age. So um, I, I think we're and and honestly, deaths in general will be reduced by such a large degree because uh, if barring you don't have like uh, your brain uh, uh, damaged or destroyed, you can pretty much replace all the other organs and keep, as long as there's not brain death, the person still can be saved theoretically. So, I mean, once we get to that point, <laughs> can we make you know. sure that can we make sure that all these freaks don't get that first before we hit that mark? Can we do that? Well, I mean, cuz I mean, let's let's be honest, Bruce. If this was 1776, right? And I'm just making a historical analysis here. If this was 1776, these people would have been dragged and stuffed a long time ago. True. Just saying. But the problem is, is getting rid of them doesn't matter because of human nature. There's going to be someone else. Oh, yeah. that pops up. There's this 10 is, more behind a, him just like him. Yeah. 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 It, it's going to be a lifelong uh, battle. Yeah. All right. Um, we are going to have to go. We're out of time. But uh, it's been a fascinating conversation. You know, I, I like the ones where we just kind of have a little bit of a topic, but we kind of just zip off into another direction somewhere. And that's kind of what we did today. So it's a little bit more relaxed. But anyway. All right. So for those of you who have not signed up to our Telegram channel, get signed up to us over there. You can get all of our podcasts we put out here every day. And you'll also get our exclusive podcasts we put out once a week. And you'll also be able to follow like our little news feed that we got going on over there. You'll be able to take part in our discussion. We've got a discussion group if you'd like to join that. Uh, you can also leave a comment on the post that we put up over there. Be happy to get your feedback. So yeah, sign up to us over there. Uh, also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We are trying to grow here as much as possible, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we'd appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get your podcast. Also, if you're rating podcast, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, that would be fantastic as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that will do it for today. So thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.